0: Excuse me, ma'am. Quick question. Don't record me. Ah, okay. I just thought you looked so cool. Okay, go ahead. What was the last time you cried to a song?
1: I haven't cried to a song in a long time. I'm actually a psalmist. I'm a gospel singer. I lift up the name of Yahweh, and don't cut that out.
0: What is one of your favorite gospel songs?
1: Lord, I'm stepping out on faith, 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 faith. Lord, you know that I need your grace. Amen.
0: Sunday, Hunga family. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hunga Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black queer perspective. I'm your host and producer of this here show, Eric Cole, oh, a.k.a. Life Coach Eric. You can find this podcast on your favorite social media platform and streaming on all podcast platforms by searching at HungaPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Tap that bio link on the Instagram page to access the Hung Up Pod merch shop. There's also a link to my YouTube channel with co host Tony Purnell, Mr. Lightworker himself, and also links to past episodes, episodes where I've been a guest on other podcasts and Hung Up Pod recommendations like Shop Say, All Natural Body Deodorant. You can tap that link and you'll get 15% off at checkout. Just be sure to use the code HUNGUPOD, H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. The owner and creator of Shop Cisse, Elhaji Cisse, was on the Hung Up podcast not too long ago. That was actually back in February, February 16th. That's episode 436. Be sure to check it out. I love his product. I'm still using it. It works great. And I've gotten a lot of DMs from people who purchase the product, men and women, and they like it. Support black business. This is what we're talking about, right? All right, let's get into trending topics for this week. I'm so hung up on this video. This child is so adorable and put everybody on notice to let us know how we are now pronouncing LGBTQ+. I'm having a hard time. Like, I can't trace that video back to the TikTok owner. I was trying to find some more details on it. It's just adorable. And it went viral. And unfortunately, it goes without saying it's a child. It's a LGBTQ plus topic. You got to protect the baby. Right? We know what type of world we live in and what this is. So on Instagram, I reposted it on Instagram and BrayBray1985 said it's sophisticated. In my Dina Jones voice, very sophisticated. Halik one, Guileless Fire, and a whole bunch of other people said, I'm going to start using this. Who is Ted Ryan? I think I got that right. Said, we've ascended. It's the I'm very much here for it. It's, it's just feel it just roll the way it rolls off. And it sounds good. Another trending topic for the week. Congratulations to Patrick Ian Polk. He received his Lifetime Achievement Award at the I Am Awards here in D.C. Last weekend? The weekend before? It's all starting to get blurry. I think it was last weekend. Shout out to Noah's Ark, an amazing cast. And they're all still, the, the magic is still there. And I got I got to witness a little bit of that. And I was so grateful. While accepting his award, Patrick announced that Noah's Ark is making a comeback. It is coming back. The iconic Black, gay, out loud, unapologetic series is returning. And from scrolling through Black Twitter, gay Black Twitter, everybody was loving it. And everybody is feeling it, looking forward to it. Looks like it's going to be premiering on MTV. And word on the street is they've already, it, it sounded like it's going to be a movie, already filmed. It looks like all the original cast members are returning. Everybody looks fucking great. And when you scroll Twitter, you just see people anticipating in a way of just reminiscing. You see a lot of screenshots and clips that they pulled from the show and from the movie, reminiscing on favorite moments and scenes. Scenes where they felt seen and heard. And for a lot of people, it may have been the first time. I know when I sat in the panel discussion, that was very much a common theme. People were just like, you, Patrick, and the, and the entire cast, you all were able to create something to where I was able to see myself for the first time. And I tell you, during that panel discussion in D.C., it was really interesting, too, to hear from Patrick and Rodney, who really brought it home and the other cast members could do nothing but agree, Rodney really talked about how Patrick had to fight against a lot of other people in the industry, producers, directors, networks that were trying to get in on what this, this magic that Patrick was creating but to also integrate it. And it was really important for Patrick to keep it black and keep it gay. And it was nothing else. If it was anything else, he didn't want to hear about it. And I'm so happy and we're so blessed as a community that he held strong to that. This masterpiece is something that so many people are looking forward to returning. And we're excited to see what is going to be given this time? I'm looking forward to seeing everyone at this age, at this, because, you know, when Noah's Ark was a thing, a lot of them were in their early 20s. So now time has passed, experienced life, and the characters, too. Time has passed, and or or should say, we move through time. That's why I'm starting to correct myself. Time is not passing; we're, we're, we're moving through time. But it was just—it's just going to be interesting to see where the characters are and how the story, the plot, everything has developed. What are we going to see? What are we going to remember? What's going to take us back? And what's going to be new? What's going to be fresh? And we know Noah's Ark is good for highlighting issues and bringing discussion to things that are impacting us as. Gay and queer Same gender loving Black men So We were fast forward Into 2023 It's just I'm interested in seeing What that's going to look like I'm so hung up Be sure to follow Patrick Ian Polk On Twitter And the rest of the cast For To get your updates And so you know What's going on And to get the tea Behind the scenes And behind the story Last And certainly Not least I'm recording right now It's Sunday morning And I'm coming down from an amazing evening. Philly Pride was this weekend. Jay Latay, owner of Jay Latay Entertainment, and has also been on the podcast, but on the YouTube side. So you go to that YouTube channel, you'll be able to see Tony and I. um, We sat down with Jay and talked about a lot of things, including, like, you know, the party scene, entrepreneurship. Advice for other folks that are coming up, you know, who want to tap into the party scene, throwing parties and that all the, all that stuff. He was able to give insight in on that. Jay reached back around and got Tony and I involved in Philly Black Pride, and we are so grateful because it was it was fun. You know, we were working, we were at it was Trilogy Nightclub, at uh, I think that's six in Spring Garden. Shout out to Trilogy. Shout out to Riri, the bartender, who was just so, your energy was just so dope and so amazing. And thank you for treating us so well last night. Shout out to Security. and Shout out to everyone who came out. I know there were multiple events, I think two or probably more, more than that. Going on at the same time. And it was still a really good turnout. It was a day party. And Candace Dillard, reality TV star and artist, stepped into the building. And Jay made it possible for Tony and I to have an exclusive sit-down with Candace. And we interviewed her for about, I would say it was a little, maybe a little over 10 minutes. But it was just so amazing, like that Candace was sitting like right there. She was right, like right here, and just gorgeous. And she really blessed pride, and she brought a lot of joy. And her performance was really dope. And shout out to the people who came out before her and performed. Shout out to artist singer Extra Cash. She is on Instagram, Extra K A C H. So adorable. <laughs> like, you were so sweet, because here she go. I'm not gay, but I'm just here. I just want to support the community. I said, come on in here, girl. And I embraced her, because we need allies, too. And who else? Someone else performed Janae Keys. Loved her. We got an interview. Real quick, we did We did a lot of, uh, Tony and I did some, we had a step and repeat. And it was lights, camera, action. And we had the microphones out and we were really engaging with the people. And these people that I just named were just a few of the people that we engaged with. Um, So it was just a really good time. So even though we were working, it was fun. Shout out to Moby Outside, blogger. It was really cool meeting you and interacting with you. Uh, She is a Philadelphia food and lifestyle enthusiast. Her Instagram handle is mo underscore B underscore outside. So it was just a lot of love in the building. And this interview with Candace was just, it was, it was just, it felt good to be doing what I love to be doing and to see that this is going to another level, to be able to sit down with someone of that caliber. And it felt, it was easy. She was easy to talk to. So I, I'm just blessed. It feels good. I'm grateful. And I can't wait for you all to see it. I'm not sure when it's going to be out. (laughs) That is the YouTube side of production, but it it won't be long. It won't be long. So if you're on my, if you're following me on Instagram at HungaPod, H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, you'll be sure to see it. And speaking of production, thank you, Marquise Divine Productions, because none of this will be possible without a team of people marquise richards who y'all all all know as the host of this american negro podcast for his live music event called due diligence which is here at rec philly just to name a few things because the man be all over the place as he should including producing my youtube show along with matt jackson who is the assistant producer And Sterling G, Sterling Grimes, aka my bestie, who is the creative director. I appreciate all y'all for helping me and Tony pull this off. And what we have right now, y'all, is motivation, a vision, and a desire to be great and use this platform to continue to tap into the community. And so the desire is to have a budget and we are working on it. And a part of that is subscriptions. So... You all can always do your part <laughs> By going to the Instagram page And hit subscribe 99 cents a month Show your love right, me, bitch. Thank you Candice And we, we touched a few areas It was not just about housewives We talked a little bit about Girls Trip But it was also about her music It was about love About life We talked about pride What pride meant to Candace shout out to everyone who came out it was a really good time and thank you to everyone for embracing the hung up hot live family i'm so hung up without further ado let's get into this sit down with philadelphia new york photographer director content creator all around artist and king of the butch queens it is mark aka mark my style a question don't record me ah, okay hey what's up hung up family please welcome to the hung Up podcast the amazing the wonderful photographer director content creator <laughs> mark with a c welcome to the hunger podcast
1: thank you for having me i've been dying <laughs> to do this with you for a while
0: so thank you. I'm excited for you to be here. I think um, we're going to touch on some things.
1: I mean, I'm an open book. I'm ready.
0: You know, a lot of you are already privy, okay? Mark's work is very cultured. It's very bold, vibrant. You work with some of the most amazing and dope people from the community, um, and we'll get into we'll get into some of that. But just welcome to the show. Please uh, let the people know where they can find you and support you on social media.
1: Um all platforms is basically Mark My Style. M-E-R-C, M Y S T Y L E, Mark My Style on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, if the girls are still using Tumblr.
0: Let's get right into it. I wanna hear your perspective on Just some recent pop culture. I don't know if you follow, uh, but P-Valley Updates, that's an Instagram account. Uh, They recently posted a a video of Nico Annan, a.k.a. Uncle Cliff, and Tyler Lepley. Lepley, I think I said that right, a.k.a. Diamond. They are on set Mm. filming for season three. How are you feeling? Are you hung up? Are you hanging up?
1: I am going to say I'm hung up even though I still haven't seen season two.
0: You got time. And and it's actually, you can binge it. That's actually not a bad thing, if you ask me. Well, that's
1: why I didn't see season two, yes. I don't, so in this era of like, go to Netflix, watch the whole season right now, like, I don't want to wait week to week. So (laughs) I let it rock, I let it sit, and then I marinate in it later, so. (laughs) It's torture. Not for me. (laughs) No, I mean, like, if you
0: had to wait, if you had to wait. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, think about it like when you were, like I don't know. (laughs) Think about when you used to watch girlfriends and you got to wait to to the next week to figure out what's going to happen with Jonah Tony. Like,
0: that is torture. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, they always (laughs) have like a
0: cliffhanger or like leave you on the edge of your seat. Yeah.
1: Don't leave me on the edge. Let me just click next.
0: I'm hung up too. I know that there's mixed feelings about some of the characters on the show coming back. I know Derek's character. A lot of Black Twitter I saw recently. They were just like, "Just kill his character off the show." (laughs) People, people are a little beside themselves. But you know what? I get it. I think that Derek's character can be hella triggering.
1: But I also yeah. see the
0: value in having him there because Derek and Keyshawn's relationship, good, bad, right. and indifferent, mirrors a lot of relationships out here in the real world.
1: You just always under Like, I really, I really need to tap in. That might be my tonight thing. I'm like, let me just start hmm.
0: season two, of Pilon. Yeah. Let me, let me find out how I sparked that. It's a I'm sign. Like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> let me just start it. I'm taking the credit. I'm taking the credit. Okay, speaking about comebacks, another trending topic on Twitter this weekend, the I Am Awards was in DC. Noah's Ark is coming back. Patrick Ian Polk got on stage, accepted the award, and he officially announced that the series is coming back. And when I first saw that, I was like, wow, I'm I'm not sure if that means a reboot of the show. Mm Or if they're just going to have it streaming on a platform, but I saw a content creator tweet earlier today, like, nah, they've already started filming. We're getting a new Noah's Ark, and so how you feel? You hung up, or you hanging out?
1: No, hung up. So Noah's Ark is really like the catalyst for like most queer television to me. That the idea of like. Four black friends. It's four, right? I'm not tripping. Four black friends. Four um, queer black friends. This four is no chance. Alex, wait, Ricky. See, Those I'm not are the counting boyfriends. Okay, that's yeah. what it is. Okay, okay. So, but it's like quintessential like gay TV. Like it, it was really before its time, and to think what it could have been with like, real care. You get what I mean? Like, to see, to see what it's going to be now, I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely, definitely intrigued. Mm -hmm.
0: And that was very much, I was a part of a conversation Saturday with a panel that Nico hosted, and that was very much the sentiments in the room um, going toward everybody on that stage was like, you all were kind of the center and the first time that a lot of people were able to see themselves.
1: Absolutely.
0: And even like as controversial as it could be, like, oh, today Wade, a straight man playing the role of like a DL, like not a DL, but he was the trade. He was the trade on the show. Right back then that wasn't even a conversation that wasn't even a topic so they really broke through a lot of doors in way ahead of its time what were you about to say
1: I look forward to seeing oh that's what I was going to say but like how they I guess it really don't matter but how they spend it I guess for like a younger crowd who doesn't necessarily know like how would they introduce it to it? because we know what it is mm-hmm. you know and I mean so it's given the people who know something they love, but it's also introducing it to a whole new like group of people who probably don't know what Noah's Ark is. So you get what I mean. Like I think I like the Sex and the City reboot. If you were a fan of it, then you are probably you're probably dying inside when they like rebooted on HBO Max. But they also now have to think about like this new generation of kids that like who's Carrie you get what I mean? So I'm interested to see
0: like how they play that too. That is interesting. Um, how they introduced the show to like, it's like which audience are they going to be right. writing for the audience that grew up watching the show? Cause that is a very different audience than like you said, the younger generation, or will it be kind of like a mix of the two that right. I think that that's really, I'm looking forward to see how that kind of, Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and really just get into this. I'm just so glad, Mark, that you have dialed into the hunger podcast. I oftentimes feel when I'm just browsing through your work, like I was doing earlier today, that I'm just looking at paintings. Um, What you do with color, what you do with angles, the way you capture skin tone, Everything is so artistic and your subject, your muse could be wearing something as as simple as leggings or a leotard or even paint. You recently collaborated with, I believe his name is Antoine Wright,
1: Uh Um,
0: or it wasn't recent, but you collaborated with Antoine Wright, I think it was about a year ago, um, where it looks like you use paint. And so I just wanted to start off by acknowledging you, your work um, what thank you, you you're going to get these hung pie flowers because I just, you, <laughs> I, I want you to know that you are valued. Your contributions are valued and what you're doing in the community is, is, is needed and, and we love it. So thank you.
1: I really appreciate that.
0: Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, shout out to a friend and he's also a mentor, uh, Titus Burgess. I talked to him earlier today. And he really got me together, and I even got a little emotional emotional when he asked me about my contract, and I put quotes for people listening um, around that contract. He asked, "What was my contract when my soul was sent here, and have I looked over it? Have I looked over it recently? Have I revisited it Does any changes need to be made okay. and honestly, the question alone was a shock to my system, and it had me remind myself of who I was and what I was sent here to do that. I know that I'm something special, that I have something valuable, um, you know, like you and what, like I just described, what you're doing is valuable. Only Mark can do what Mark does in the Uh way that Mark does. And so I wanted to ask you, um, do you know, does Mark know what his soul was sent here to do in this lifetime? And are you, in, in that contract are you manifesting that do you feel like you're manifesting that
1: that was deep early in the morning <laughs> yeah he
0: got me together early in the morning. i was like "Oof." <laughs>
1: um, so and this is more so shout out to my brother like my biological brother like i'm the oldest of three of four sorry and the brother right under me my brother brandon he is like the most Zen Ben chill kind of like, man, like that I've ever, that I've ever encountered. So we have a lot of these kind of conversations, right. And over the years, over the years for myself, I have done a lot of things. I've been a lot of people basically like, but it's into, um, any form of art and then trying to rock out with it is hard. It's like, it's really, really hard. So you find yourself, you find yourself being tested in your, like your moral ground wavering from time to time because you think you know what you want until you get it. And then it's kind of like, this wasn't it. You get what I mean? So when I first started, doing photography wavering like one minute it was the art then not for nothing but like you get a certain uh, you get a certain amount of recognition for your art so then you start to feel like you have to constantly create and i used to work in fast fashion so like to have to regurgitate fashion at a very rapid rate is exhausting you get it i mean to yeah. do that artistically is also exhausting. So a part of me started to kind of like disconnect from it. And I was talking to my brother and he asked me, he was just like, so why do you do it? And I was, and I gave him all the answers. I was like, well, I love it. And I'm an artist and I'm at this and I'm at that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But why do you do it? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I hear all that. Yeah. And from time to time, you will see me take a break. You'll just see me like not active at all because I mean, at the end of the day, like that's what social media gives somebody. If you don't see somebody for a while, it's giving like what where they at, what they doing, what's happening. And usually, when I tap out, that's me reevaluating. Like I have to figure out like what, why am I still locked into this, basically. And over time, I just have to. I have come to look inward, and my real purpose period is just to be a light. That's it. You notice you'll notice that my subject matters are purposefully joyful. Some of it might be <laughs> sexual, but a lot of it is joyful and it's celebrating, it's celebrating bush queen aesthetic, it's celebrating body aesthetic, it's celebrating uh, aspects of queerness that I feel like I never saw it before or if I have saw, or if I have seen it, you know what I mean? I'm paying homage to it. And over time I have come to really um, tap into the people who really tap, like pour into me, if that makes sense. So when I'm putting this work out, I think the, the most fulfilling parts of that are literally when people reach out to say how it made them feel when they take on these, these interpretations of the art themselves, when they tap into it and it starts to really like move their mind. You get what I mean for family members to tell me that it's it literally has changed their way of how they perceive certain things. Like, I don't know. Moving moving with light and love is literally my only purpose. Getting people to kind of like change their perspective and not be so like harsh if you will.
0: Yeah, and you know what Mark, I do notice that in your work you really do tap into that butch queen aesthetic quite a bit. And <laughs> do Why why is that? Is that because you more closely relate to that? Like where where does that come from?
1: Because I feel like Art imitates life, right? Like, if I was, and I don't have to be, but I just feel like, like if I was trans, you would, I would want that representation. You get what I mean? I would want to put that out there for the world to see, to understand, and so on and so forth. I feel like I dabble. I don't even dabble. I feel like on my art page, I call myself King of the Bush Queens, like. It's literally that, like, I love the duality of masculine and feminine. Like, love it. Love it. I love it. I. So when I was younger, I used to be like, um, what's the point in being gay if I can't be as feminine as I want, but be as masculine as I want? You get what I mean? Like, I want to be able to move freely. I want to be able to jump rope, but I want to be able to play basketball. I want to be able to play with Barbies and do hair and do all that shit while also Wrestling with my brothers, or again playing tag football, and blah, blah blah. And I feel like we grew up. We definitely grew up in a time where like it wasn't given. You get what I mean. So now that I am old enough to really not give a fuck, like I get to really tap into something that I wish I saw when I was growing up. Fifteen-year-old Bush Creamy, me me and a little bit of like um to give the to, to put a little bit more pep in my step. You get what I mean? So I get that. I give this is this is for the young butch queens. So they can walk through school with eating it, basically. You get what I mean?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. So let's like let's talk about your resume and your some of your collaborations real quick because your your resume is mile long. Miles long, honestly. I mean, you've collaborated with everyone. I have to first shout out Bam. <laughs> shout out to Bam, who the legend. Has, yes, the legend who has also like been on the show. He is amazing, yeah, and I love seeing rap y'all. Siren. The rap siren, and I love seeing y'all. um and just a few other names I just want to throw out there. Just more recently, I mean, because it's just, the list goes on. Kevin Carnell, Rodney Ray, Alfred Coleman, even George Johnson. The list goes on and on and on. Who I actually met George yesterday. He's such a kind individual. Another light, absolutely. He really is a light. But tell the listeners, what are some of your most or the most memorable collaboration and why? Some of
1: my most memorable ones. My most memorable ones are probably my, my most simple, to be honest. Um, George is definitely one of them. Um, me and George did his album. So for All Boys Aren't Blue, uh, when he was like promoting the book, we did this album cover rollout. The album cover rollout was literally George's idea. He said, I want to recreate album covers. And I was like, that sounds so cool. I don't know if I want to do that, though. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I'm the photographer for you to do that. Reason being is I have this thing with like emulating other people's work. Not only that, but he was aiming so high, like really like a seat at the table. I was like, these are like iconic album covers. If we do this wrong, the girls (laughs) are going to read us. And, again, I'm finally at a point where, like, the art is the art. So, like, I'm not so much concerned about being read about my art at this phase in my career. But then, that's all I could think of. I was like, I'm not about to touch these album covers, and we really fucked this up. Like, I'm going to be... They're going to shame me. (laughs) But the way we turned that rollout, like, it was really...
0: It was really good. Yeah. Y'all did that. And
1: that seat at the table one was probably my favorite though.
0: Okay. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, the seat at the table was one of my faves. The Beyonce Dangerously in Love was one of my faves, too.
1: Sure. But that probably takes the cake for me.
0: So yesterday, um, I attended I talked um mentioned earlier that I attended this conversation that was hosted by Nico Annan and the host of Noah's Ark <clears throat> for the I Am weekend that was um here in DC. And, uh, you know, I slid in for that one event. It was just the, it was the panel with Noah's Ark. And I really wish that I could have stayed for the, cause they had the award ceremony that night, but it's okay. I'll see y'all. But let me just say this too. And I just shout out to all the creators that were in that room. George was in the room. Ronald matters was in the room. So many people were in the room that I got to meet and be reacquainted with. It just felt good to be in the room with my my colleagues mm-hmm. and we got to be a part of this amazing conversation. But anyway, one of the things that I remember being discussed, one of the heavy topics in this conversation was that as creators, you know, folks looking from the outside, it can appear that we have it all together, that money's not a problem, that access is not a problem when the reality is A lot of times, we got to start with whatever we own. And sometimes that's just a dream, an idea, and anything you own personally, and we build from that. Talk about what your beginning process was like for you.
1: My beginning process, to be completely honest, and I feel like I tell the story a thousand times, I I got into photography by accident. Like I used to work for a fast fashion retailer named very unimportant um but while working there someone lost their camera bag they lost it and I mean inside the camera bag was like a camera two lenses they whole setup lost and we held on to it for months and my boss was going to send it back and like through Lost and Found or whatever. But in her mind, she was like, it'll never make it there. Wherever I'm about to send this, they're going to see this and it'll never make it to the end of the line. So she said, instead, what I'm going to do is just raffle it off to you guys. Because I think around the time we had like a really good Christmas season or something like that. I just ended up winning the camera. If this happened in 2013, I didn't even touch the camera until 2015. Like it sat on the top of my closet. Around that time, I started. A few things happened. The Mike Brown, Freddie Gray, all that stuff was happening. So it was a lot of protests happening. I thought it was a good. If it was never a better reason to break my camera out, it was. It was that. So I went into the city, and just started shooting the protests. It inspired me to have like my first exhibition, and around that time. a friend of mine introduced me to Bam and a couple of his friends because I needed models for the flyer. Mm -hmm. Me and Bam, he also wanted the model at the time. So he, um, after that, uh, shoot, we linked up and we stayed linked. He was kind of like, that's when the muse thing happened because he was always with whatever I would think up and I control them at like a, a drop of a dime's notice and be like, Oh, Hey, I got this idea. Can you come over? So we started shooting together all the time It went from shooting together all the time to shoot and shoot a shoot stuff in New York to people asking me like, if I can shoot them to like, and it just started to snowball wow. into what it is. Now. That's so dope. Yeah. Like literally, yes. but yeah, okay. No, I, I go keep going. My first photography <clears throat> light setup came from Amazon. It was only like fifty dollars. My okay. first backdrop lighting audit, it wasn't at the time, I didn't even know what I was doing, so I wasn't even out here trying to buy the most expensive. I was like, I just need some stuff to to make it look cute, and then over time, like when you learn. When you really learn your craft, you learn that you don't need a bunch of, like, gadgets and hoopla. I can turn the function just with the sentence on my camera. That's it.
0: Hmm.
1: So that I would like, be the advice I would give to somebody.
0: Yeah, because I was really? going to ask, yeah, I was gonna ask um, what advice would you give, but it, you just did. And so I hope the people were listening and taking notes. Talk about your um, setup, your studio process a little bit because I understand that you build some of your sets.
1: Yeah, I wanted to get more into set design, like just using backdrops or outside, kind of wasn't enough, and I wanted to kind of like build something that was something of my own. So that's where the draping aesthetic came from. Oh, just buying the, infamous, the infamous,
0: the infamous draping aesthetic. <laughs> Okay, okay, <laughs> the got you.
1: that it came from me just wanting to build, like, these worlds. It's funny. If you walk into my studio and ask me where do I take the photos, I pull you into, like, this small sunroom and say, oh, that all happens in here. And people gag every time because literally I just turn the room. It's like I flip it every time into a different set. I'm trying
0: to get in the room, Mark. <laughs>
1: Listen, so yeah, it's super easy and it's no mess, no fuss. Again, I take the things that I love. So like I love floral. Um fun fact, I went to our agricultural school. So flower and floriculture was like, I feel like I took that in like my junior year. So I have a green thumb. I'm really good with flowers, even though a lot of the flowers you see are not real. Sometimes they are. Sometimes I use real things. Um I have a blood, uh, a butterfly shoot I did. Those were real butterflies. Mm, like, I remember that one. Taxiderm- mm-hmm. Taxidermy butterflies. So they were like dead, but like they were real.
0: What would you say is your best advice you can give to someone listening, um, inspiring photographer when it comes to lighting? What would be your best advice?
1: Lighting is really like a feeling. I'm, I'm not too hung up on, um, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I need it to always look good, but I'm a moody individual, so I kind of, I'm fluid with the light. Again, if you know your camera settings, you can make most light look good to me
0: know your camera. I, you've said that a few times camera. here. Speaking of camera, do you have a favorite camera? Are you still using that same camera or?
1: Um, so I started out with a Canon 60D. Canon is is cool. Um, I feel really weird. Like <laughs> I always feel weird with the branding because I'm just like, Again, I don't like the I don't like to be slave to a brand and also they don't I tell you a Sony right now, Sony won't cut me a check. <laughs> you get what I mean? So it's also I do. given like I so, like the camera, I like
0: brand aside, what are the what are the important features that a camera should have?
1: Again, like so there is no real if photographer photographers are listening right now. I can tell them a lot of the the photos I take is with the kit lens. And the kit lens is literally the lens that your camera comes with. Now you will find that most photographers replace that lens and they go out and buy like whatever lens they want. I just turn it with the kit lens a lot of the time. Like it's probably my favorite. So it really aesthetically, I really feel like as long as you are like a visionary person, You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can tackle whatever you have. I think of like the Kanye's or like any other creative that I could think of who really can take the bare minimum and turn it into something like fantastic. It doesn't take much. I hear you.
0: It's it's, it's less about how much money you spend and the branding and all this equipment. And it's more about really the, the birth of the idea. That's
1: it. <laughs> That's what That's I'm it. hearing from
0: you. It's just if like you
1: are <laughs> people will be making like I'm inspired. I'm actually inspired by the people who do the least. You get what I mean? Like, we'll use Antoine. That 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 uh, moment that you that you spoke of is literally just him body painting. The inspiration was um keep hearing. We took, we talked about like how he's like our version of it. And I was like, oh, we should do a shoot that's kind of like comparable to that. And I documented him doing the whole process. We did two separate kind of like shoots with that, like him actually painting and then another one with him with them and his paintings hanging in the background. But it's all minimal. Just him and his art, like brushes, paint, go. You get what I mean. It it started all with an idea, and as your i and you'll notice like as your ideas get bigger, as you learn more, you put yourself in these situations where you automatically have more. Like it grows with you, if that makes sense.
0: It does. It does. So I clocked your OnlyFans tea today. tell us more okay. what's going on okay. on the OnlyFans channel lord so
1: oh yeah, that's so funny the OnlyFans is you know <laughs> the OnlyFans was it's a place for me to create unapologetically if you also follow me you know that Instagram will Pull my shit down at the at the Dimes notice. Oh, like, so they be fighting you? <laughs> oh, bitch, they hate me.
0: So, Instagram is a hella <laughs> shop. It's a hella shop. It mm-hmm. really is.
1: It's, it chooses chaos and violence on a daily basis, and I was like, okay. Initially, it wasn't. It was just to have a space to create what I wanted, and then at some point, I got to this point where I was like, oh. For the really creative OnlyFans girls, I can do. I can provide that service too. You get what I mean. For the ones that want more than more creative content in the mix with their regular content, and in the midst of that, I feel like I also provide things that are kind of like selfies and all that other all that stuff that I also can't post regularly anywhere else. So it's. It's a mixture of things. Is there a little nudity? It might be. Is it like some things on there? It could be. <laughs> you would just have to subscribe to see it.
0: <laughs> no, that's right. And I believe it's in your, <laughs> if you're looking for Mark's OnlyFans, go to his Instagram. Tree. Yes, go to his Instagram page it's in the and tap on that bio <laughs> link and get your life.
1: And get, and get your life indeed before
0: you leave out mark i want to ask you about love life and career and how you balance all of it as a creator because i know that there are folks listening who can relate to you especially being um and i just so happen to be privy to to know that you're in a long distance relationship so how do you balance it all (laughs)
1: Well, first off shout out to the band the one <laughs> my one and only like he and I have been doing this thing for a long time this has been this is the longest relationship I've ever been in in my adult life and um patience is really the only <laughs> the only thing that really drives it like We've been through the seven years. When you think of like any relationship, it's been through the gamble. You get what I mean ups, downs, this, that, and the third. But we are solid. I think we have come to grips that like we're forever changing, forever growing. Right. And I am a check in kind of person. How are you mentally? Where are we? How are you feeling? I ask him so many times. Again, something else that probably irks him, but like he'll laugh and he'll just be like, "So you just trying to ask if I still love you?" Basically, like, and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> like I I check in often. Like, where are we? How are you feeling? How do you feel about us? X Y Z, especially because he's so far away now. He didn't move until the end of 2021, so we've only been long distance for going on now two years. But, so we had five years to kind of lay a solid foundation. So it wouldn't be, it's, it's not quite the same as somebody who starts off long distance, right? Like, if anything, somebody would say this is probably a little worse. Like, how, I get that a lot too. How, how you let him leave in this? And I always say, people how ask do that. I make, wow. yeah, how, do you, how did you let him leave? And I'm like, how do I make him stay? And then how do I make him stay without resenting me for making him stay?
0: we were just talking about that
1: i have no autonomy over him i look at it as i'm just lucky that he lets me in his world and vice versa like we share it as a reciprocity like we we are we are sharing so um of course it came with conversation and like well, what do we do if, and blah, 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 but it also comes with a lot of unknowns, so it's like, also, we don't know what's going to happen, so we just got to fill it out. Is this something you really want to do? Yes, okay, then we figure it out. Um, it has changed how I create, of course, when the person who I create with the most is now not as accessible, but I think, it's funny, I was watching um Chloe's interview on The Breakfast Club, and she was talking about that, like how, not working with her sister has like basically grown her and her sister so at Mm. the point that when they come back together they feel there'll be a stronger unit and that's how i see it you get what i mean like him off there creating new experiences for himself only makes him stronger for me when we get back together and vice versa so that's why we can create the things we create when we link up and they have a lot more like power and intention. If that makes sense, it's been a rule. It's been a rule. I love like that. I love
0: that man. That's a dope ass response. I appreciate that because, and for the folks who are listening, who are in relationships, you know, give yourself a chance because it sounds like by you taking allow you, like you said, you don't you don't own anybody. Bam making that move made changes in the relationship, but even on an individual level, it impacted you. It impacted you and honestly opened up some different doors and, uh, and put you in different spaces and different places. And, you know, we just have to not be so afraid to step out there and, and do something different. And so I applaud you for uh, representing. And thank you for being here on the Hunger Podcast. I'm I'm all the way hung up.
1: You all the way hung up. I love it for me.
0: <laughs> Big purr.
1: <perv. laughs> thank you for, for having me. This was super cool. I don't get a chance to do these often. I would like to. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who was like, um, "It seems like there's a lot of like backstory behind the art, and that I should like." tell those stories and I never thought to put words or a voice to my work I just was like give it to the universe and let it do what it do but I do think I want to get more into that because there are stories to be told and I want to get into telling them and more than just like photography so that's why I'm getting more into like videography and things of that nature because again like I have a million ideas that just need to be manifested at the moment.
0: Okay, Mark. And here I am about to ask you what's next for Mark. Am I hearing <laughs> a potential podcast
1: or yeah, I don't know, podcast? I would do more podcasts for sure, but as for me, I am working on another exhibition. Um it's centered around mental health. Um and I am also working on um, a sex book it's going
0: to be on OnlyFans
1: well <laughs> <laughs> but no it'll be it actually will be available on my website but, um, which is www.vincentmark.net. Um, but it'll be available on the website it's kind of like a black queer like version of like Madonna's Confession Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that because
0: I'm just thinking of like how you create um, and what you do with your photography. I'm really interested to see how you, what you do with words and what that expression looks like. And so I'm definitely hung up on that and definitely looking forward to
1: that. I am too, actually, because I don't have, I have no clue what that's going to look like. (laughs) But we shall see.
0: Before you leave, remind the people where they can find you on social media.
1: So you can find me at MarkMyStyle, M-A-R-C-M-Y-S-T-Y-L-E, on all platforms. If you get lost, if you go to my Instagram, just click the link tree. It'll guide you wherever you want to go.
0: And y'all know I will absolutely put Mark's contact information in the episode notes so you know where to go and how to support this beautiful, gifted Black man. Mark, again, thank you for being here. And Thank you, Brad. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Well Hey, shout out to King of the Butch Queens, a.k.a. Mark My Style. Thank you for dialing in to the Hung Up Podcast and thank you all for listening. This is another episode by yours truly, Eric Cole, the host and producer of this here show. Be sure to follow and support on your favorite social media and podcasting platform by searching at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and have a good week. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.